Thank you for downloading the weekly sermon from Trinity Reformed Church in Bloomington, Indiana. To find more great content, please check out our website at trinityreformed.org. Enjoy the sermon. Evening. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Do we normally think of Thanksgiving Eve as Thanksgiving Eve? Here we do, because we have a service. So um, I'm going to be reading from Nehemiah 8, 1 through 12. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, go ahead. But let me give you a little bit of background on Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah was a Jewish exile, and he lived in the capital city of Persia and served the king of Persia as the cupbearer, which is a position of trust and a position of intimacy with the king. While he was serving as the cupbearer, he got a report from Jews living in Jerusalem, and the the report was bad. The report was, Jerusalem doesn't have any walls, they were broken down, and it doesn't have any gates, they were burned with fire. And everyone who lives in Jerusalem is scared for their lives, and they're ashamed of what their city and their people have come to. Now, Nehemiah was a man's man, and he did what a man's man would do when he heard news like that about the people of God. He cried. He cried, and he wept and fasted and prayed to God that God would restore Jerusalem and that God would use him to help restore Jerusalem. And as it happened, God moved the heart of King Artaxerxes, a pagan king, to send Jeremiah to Jerusalem with the authority to rebuild the walls and with a a ticket for the keeper of the king's own forest to to give, not Jeremiah, to give Nehemiah wood and with army officers. God showed favor and Nehemiah went and Nehemiah had success. He had success through the taunts and the mockings of God's enemies through those who hated God's people and wanted to see them fail. But one day, because God was faithful, the wall was built. The wall was built, the gates were built, and the worship of God was beginning to be restored. Priests and Levites, Ezra, Ezra the scribe and priest who has his own book, uh, and Ezra and Nehemiah used to be one book. And Ezra the priest was there to help restore the worship and the teaching of the people of God, and that's where we pick up. We pick up on a feast day that God's people were gathered to celebrate out of, out of obedience to God. And its name is the Feast of Trumpets. So let's read. And all the people gathered as one man at the square which was in front of the water gate, and they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it before the square which was in front of the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of men and women, those who could understand. And all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood at a wooden podium which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maseah on his right hand, and Padiah, Mishael, Melchijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam on his left hand. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. 
I should have had you stand up. I didn't think of it. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Maseah, Kalida, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, the Levites, in other words, those are the Levites, those are part of the tribe set aside by God to teach and lead the people in the worship of God, explained the law to the people while the people remained in their place. They read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the sense so that they understood the reading. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go, eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. All the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival, because they understood the words which had been made known to them. This is the word of the Lord. When it says celebrate a great festival, the, the literal translation is to rejoice with a great rejoicing. Keep that in mind. Maybe I'll remember to tell, to tell you that again. Um, but you know, some of you are not maybe in a festive mood tonight. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. It may be that you, you have sorrow in your heart because someone you love dearly has died. Maybe someone you love dearly isn't doing well health-wise. And that's always in your heart. You carry it with you. Maybe you're just tired. Maybe you're not really looking forward, well, no offense to family here, but maybe you're not looking forward to being with your family. Because, I don't know, family can be tense, right? Family can be difficult, and it can be draining. And you might be thinking, you know, it would be a little simpler if we could just have a regular work day and then maybe get some pizza or something and not have Thanksgiving this year because it's a lot of bother. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time in the kitchen. And then there's the interpersonal stuff. And maybe some of you love Thanksgiving and you're in the mood to celebrate. And that's great. But there could be a lot of reasons for you to have a heaviness on your heart. Everyone here knows what it's like, right? To enter a time of feasting with lead in your gut and some misery instead of joy, right? We all understand that. But that's not the kind of misery that I want to focus on tonight. The kind of misery is the kind that you just read about. It's the misery that if, if you love God, if you love Jesus Christ, you actually know this kind of misery. You're pretty familiar with it. And it's the misery of your sin. And some of you right now are not really in the mood to celebrate Thanksgiving because you have a heavy awareness of your sin. And it would be nicer if there weren't a feast. Just because a feast 
doesn't go together with what you're feeling and what you're thinking. They don't fit together. And in your heart, it's not a time to celebrate. Think about what the Israelites, the ancient people of God, just did. They got up early, it says, early morning. And what did they do? Well, they went and they sat down together. They had a holy convocation, which is one of the things that Leviticus 23 says you do on the Feast of Trumpets. The only other thing is that you have a feast. As it happens, we're having a holy convocation right now. We're gathered together to worship. And tomorrow we're going to have a feast. Hmm, Seems to match up. Well, so there they are. They sit down. And you get the impression a lot of them haven't heard God's word for a long time, or not much of it, maybe just bits and scraps. But not at this length. Not at this length. How many hours was it? What's early morning until midday? I did a tiny bit of research. Not enough to really find out the answer. But, you know, at least, what, four hours? Five hours? Six hours? What if tomorrow morning we all got here? Let's say, in fact, 6.30 a.m. We'll all be here. Pastor Bailey will be here. And the other pastors will be here and the elders. And Pastor Bailey will read to us from the Bible for five or six hours. After that, we'll have a meal. How does that sound? (laughs) Well, maybe next year. You can imagine how the people felt. Have you ever read through a book of the Bible? You're doing maybe your daily Bible reading and it starts to weigh on you because it's getting you and it's exposing your sin and you just think, I want to stop this reading early today. That's enough. Like, that's enough. It's too heavy. It's too heavy right now. How does five or six hours of that sound? Where you feel it. You feel every word. And by the time the priests and the Levites are done reading and carefully explaining to you, you know what you are in the sight of God. And you know your unfaithfulness and you feel it. And it's heavy. (laughs) They were weeping. We don't, we don't, uh, in America, we don't often weep together in public. We don't often really rejoice together in public. We don't do it very well. Um, I'm happy when we rejoice together on Sundays in this church. Uh, but when I read about the people of God weeping here, I feel a little embarrassed. Like, I, I'm glad I wasn't there because I don't know what to do when everyone around me is just crying. And the Israelites were more expressive than we were in public. Don't, don't think of just a few of them silently wiping tears off their face. Think of people bawling, maybe wailing. That's a better idea. It hit them hard. And some of you are feeling that right now because for whatever reason, you're in a season, maybe, you're in a week, you're in a month, you're in a day, you're in the last five minutes where the sense of your own sin before God is heavy. And you feel it. And you may be smiling And you may be glad there's going to be pie and turkey, but you feel it. And you know. You thought you had a handle on the deceitfulness of your heart. And guess what? You didn't. You didn't understand the deceitfulness of your heart. So here you are. What are you going to do? So it says a few times in this passage that the people listen carefully and that they understood the word of God. It was God's word that cut them to the heart and exposed their sin. Oh, by the way, I should bring up 
Um, whenever there's a time of celebration and rejoicing, one thing I think about is, you know what? I don't do a good job of rejoicing. And that's a sin. And that makes me feel even more miserable. And it's like a perpetual motion machine. Have you ever done that? You can just kind of stick there in that little circle of misery going round and round. Well, anyway, so if you don't feel bad about anything, maybe you could feel bad about that. (laughs) All right, so there you sit, right? Among the sorrowing people of God, the word of God has hit you, and then you hear these words. Everyone is bawling like babies. You hear these words. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Don't mourn or weep. But the Bible told me I'm supposed to mourn and weep. I'm a sinner. Well, yes, that's true, but go eat of the fat and drink of the sweet. Go send portions to him who has nothing. This day is holy to the Lord our God. Don't be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then one more time, the Levites tell the people, Be still, for the day is holy. Don't be grieved. Three times, three times, the leaders tell the people, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Maybe they didn't understand that when God's word convicts you of sin, you're sad. No, they understood. They understood. They got it. And what did they say? No, the day is holy. The day is holy to the Lord our God. What about your sin? What about the people's sin? What about hearing about your sin for five or six hours? And you're going to ask us to turn on a dime, stop our fountain of tears, and put a big smile on our face. You know when you tell your kids to smile, and they try, and it's kind of funny? (laughs) No, no. Stop it. You have to smile. You have to laugh. You have to go eat a big feast like you mean it. And it seems to take only a few minutes of the leaders telling the people that for the people to say, all right, done. Now we're happy. What in the world? (laughs) What in the world? Do you think that your sorrow here tonight, whether it is one of the things I talked about earlier or whether it's your sin, do you think your sorrow should be treated that way? Isn't that kind of a light way to treat how you feel right now? Well, no, it's not. It's not. You know, God has set aside times of mourning and weeping and fasting and being sad. If you read the book of Nehemiah, you'll read about those times too. But God also set aside times where you have to celebrate. You have to be happy. I have to be happy. We have good reasons not to be happy, but God says, This is a time for you to be happy. I don't care if you like it. (laughs) Right? It doesn't matter. Sometimes you have to rejoice whether or not you want to rejoice. Well, how are you supposed to do that sincerely? How am I? I have my own sin this week. I've thought about it as I was preparing to preach. And I've thought about this passage. Well, the answer is in what Nehemiah tells the people which is what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, what, what was he thinking when he said that? 
Well, he wasn't thinking of the, he wasn't thinking of the joy they felt. They did not feel joy, right? That's the point. They don't feel joy, okay? So it's not talking about the joy that you feel at this point, though if you do feel it, God bless you. But what does it mean? The joy of the Lord is your strength. It means, it means who God is to you. Nehemiah was telling the people, here's who God is to you. God is the God who redeemed you. God is the God who loves you. God is a God who forgives your sins. You carried them in with you tonight. God is a God who forgives those sins. God is a God who gave you, in fact, God gave you the tears for your sins. And God is a God who wipes the tears away. And this is a time to let him wipe them away. Because God is good. God is kind to us. God is merciful. God is our God. What had the people spent five or six hours listening to? Was it just a recitation of, you're wicked? They heard all those things. What else did they hear? I'm your God. I'm your God. And I love you. I love you. You're my people. There at the very end of this passage, it says, All the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival, to rejoice with great rejoicing. Because why? Because they understood the words that had been made known to them. They got it. They got it. They understood it when God told them who they were and what they had done and the evil in their hearts. And then they understood when God told them, I am a God who forgives the evil things you've done in your hearts and I'm a God who forgives sinners and wipes away your sin. And this is a time to rejoice. Thanksgiving is a nice thing to have. It's not a day God created like he created the Feast of Trumpets, but man, how many countries don't have a day where the government said, there's going to be a day where you have to thank God and be happy. A lot of countries don't have that. We have that. And this is a good time. I don't know how you came in tonight. I don't know what stuff is on your heart. But our end is not in a place of sin and our end is not in a place of misery. Our end is actually in a place with the God who loves us and sent his son to die for us. And when we see him and see the nails that pierced his hands, see the scars, we will eat and drink with him. We will feast with him. We will eat the fat and drink the sweet. And it will be a giant feast and a giant celebration. So how are you supposed to be ready for that if you're not going to practice? This is a good time to practice. This is a good time to practice because, why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So let's practice. Happy Thanksgiving. Let me pray for us.
Father, we thank you that you are a God who teaches us our sins and your mercies. And you are a God who has not left us to ourselves. You're a God who speaks to us and gives us joy when we have no joy. And you give us strength when we have no strength. And you give us times of joy and feasting. And Lord, I pray that you would bless this Thanksgiving for all of us, that we would feast, that we would rejoice, that our hearts would belong to you, and that we would hear your words in our ears saying to us, you are my people and I am your God. In Jesus' name, amen.